Welcome to the Intentional Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Ange Barnard, and today we have an episode for you all about intentionally designing your career. You're going to hear from someone who has intentionally designed their career. This is Kate Weschler. She is a former member of the Commit to Your Vision Mastermind program. And I wanted Kate to come on the show because I just admire how she shows up in life, how she's been able to use the tools that we talk about here on the show to truly intentionally design her career, to design her life, to honor her vision, her values, all the things. So I felt like you just needed to hear from her. So this episode is for you. If you are someone who wants to intentionally design your career or your life, Maybe you're feeling this tug like you're meant for more than how you're currently doing things, whether that's in your career, like you're working for an organization or whether you have your own business. You feel this tug that you're supposed to be doing things in a different way. How do you know that? It's when you get those feelings of like, ooh, something's off. Something's out of alignment here, right? I can't see myself continuing to do things this way. When that's starting to happen, in your mind or that freaks you out to think a year from now you'd be in the same position, that means we gotta start intentionally designing your life, right? We need to get clear about what it is that you really want and we need to start taking intentional action on it. And that's what Kate was able to do. So I want you to hear her story. So basically, um, let me tell you about her and then we'll just jump into the conversation. I want you to know too, this episode is gonna be a little bit longer than our normal episodes because we just really get into all kinds of things. Let me tell you what we get into first. So we talk about how Kate went from the Sunday scaries. That's something that a lot of my clients describe, that feeling where it's Sunday and you know you have to work on Monday and you just you kind of get those physical symptoms. And maybe it's not even just about a, a Sunday. Maybe you feel this multiple times during the week where you're like, tomorrow I have to go back to work. And you feel that feeling of like the physical symptoms. You start to feel sick and stuff, that kind of thing, the resistance around it. Kate felt that way. And then she went on to design a career that honored her biggest values and strengths. So cool. So she talks about how clarifying her vision and learning strategies to be intentional with her time played a role in creating the income in the community that she desired. What communication framework that she used to make difficult conversations easier that led to the feelings she wanted to have and the results that she desired. I love the framework that she talks about because it's so helpful, not only in your career or people that, you know, talking to people that you lead or your coworkers. It also is very helpful to talk to your friends or your significant other and stuff. So we're gonna talk about that communication framework where it, it I love it because it shifts your energy so that you're in control, right? And you are the one you're taking your power back around how you feel. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how Kate stopped letting the fear of disappointing other people hold her back from designing the life that she wanted. That is a common thing that holds people back. The fear of what other people are going to think. The fear of losing out on some of the relationships that you built. That kind of stuff the fear of losing the network. These are some things that I hear often when people want to make massive changes in their life or they're like, oh, I work so hard for this and I don't want to disappoint people because I do care about them. Like those are the things I often hear people talk about. Um, the story of how Kate became bold and pitched herself for a $25,000 business grant and spoiler alert, she got it. So freaking proud of her. And I was over here like praying for her, looking at the time exactly that I knew she was doing the pitch and everything. So cool. The rest of our Commit to Your Vision Mastermind girls were thinking about her, excited for her. Like, I love that. Um, and then also just how the Commit to Your Vision program, the mastermind that she was a part of, helped her intentionally design a life that she really loves. The reason why I wanted you to hear this is because if you're thinking about intentionally designing your life or your career or just being more intentional with your time in general in a way that aligns with your vision, then think about the Commit to Your Vision program that's coming and launching in the fall. Um, we have a lot of bonuses that are new to this next round that weren't a part of the last round because we just keep tweaking things, trying to make it better 
Okay, so let's get right to it. And, ooh, actually, I lied. I do that sometimes, but in a very sweet way. I want to tell you a little bit more about Kate because we kind of jump into me asking her a question. So Kate is a community builder. She's someone who really values community, like a lot of you listening. She is a nature enthusiast, certified educator, and a bilingual entrepreneur. So her past includes doing work with the Peace Corps, uh, being a teacher, all of that stuff. She and her partner now own an abundant homestead and market garden in rural South Carolina. It's called Greatville Acres. Um, She describes herself as an apprentice of the earth. She seeks to connect and flow with the seasons and loves being outside as much as possible. She has experience in community economic development, project management, food service and systems, and teaching. Kate seeks opportunities to empower, collaborate, and keep it real, like we all do here with others, as it relates to business, creativity, and seasonal living while remembering and navigating how to be well in this world. So I will tell you at the end where you can find her or she'll tell us. And I have all the links to all the things in the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get right to it with a question I asked Kate. Here we go. Now, when it came to actually transitioning out of the role that you were in into doing the next thing, like what helped you do that? Like, was there a lot of fear in doing that? And like, what helped you actually move forward? Mm -hmm. I think... Part, well, I'll say, so I was full-time and then this, this past school year, 2022 to 2023, I did transition to a part-time role. So once I finished my certification, it was kind of like, okay, now what, you know, am I ready to take the full leap? Um, or do I want to hang on to this teaching thing a little bit longer while I continue building my business? So, um, the timeline in terms of the, you know, having that certification complete was definitely like a milestone that was like, okay, I've, I've got this, it's time Mm -hmm. to make some sort of decision. Um, but I guess at that time I wasn't, wasn't completely ready to leap fully though. Um, looking at some of my past experience, I knew, I knew that I was capable of making a, a dramatic change. I just don't think I was like, maybe it doesn't need to happen yet. Um, you know, so looking at past experience, like my jump from the nonprofit to the apprenticeship or jumping to living abroad for three and a half years, you know, those are big decisions that I've done in the past that, um, just has helped me build confidence around taking scarier unknown leaps like that. Um, but yeah, so I I transitioned to a three day a week role. It was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So my schedule was like pretty ideal in the sense that I al- always had a four day weekend, um, and then I was working three days consecutively at the school. So it was fairly easy to kind of chunk out my weeks in terms of all right, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is going to be kind of like an intense school day and then my weekends are more for the farm and that that definitely worked um for a time but I think that it it almost was harder and it was almost really it was almost harder to go part-time because I felt like I was almost half-assing both things yeah Uh, because I was I knew I had removed myself from school by not committing full-time And, um, and it was a really intense role that I was in. I was seeing over 300 kids twice a week in that three day stretch. So it wasn't like I was just going and, you know, knocking out a desk job for no, nothing against a desk job by any means, but it It took a lot of your energy. It It was was lots of stimulation. And then on your off days, you need to like recover in a sense from that. Yeah. 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 So power, power, shout out to teachers, man, because they are like, it's a very intense, intense Yeah. You have to be on the entire time. Yeah. And unfortunately a lot of class sizes aren't, you know, what they should be. And anyway, so it, it, it felt harder and, um, harder than I anticipated. And I think I also, I, I was just on a completely different schedule from most of my colleagues and being, 
being connected and collaborating and um yeah, just that community is really important to me. Mm-hmm. And that felt like it was missing a little bit because I had removed myself. Um, I was just kind of like off everybody's radar, which at the beginning, like when I first started that position, it felt great because I had so much freedom, autonomy, creativity, but yeah. now the autonomy that I was looking for was in my schedule. And I wanted to be able to do whatever I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And I had this like big chunk of time in the middle of my week that, you know, they Tuesday, Wednesdays, especially for like farming workshops is kind of like prime time because a lot of people have markets on like Fridays and Saturdays and things like that. So a lot of programming for farms takes place in, you know, on like a Tuesday morning or something like that. And so I still felt like I was missing out on um, opportunities that would have helped me to, to grow my business that much more. So anyway, I asked for the part-time position and I got it. I asked to switch my schedule around once I did have the part-time position, I got that. So I really did ask for what I wanted. Yeah. Intentionally design your life over here. And then you realize that what I love about your story is like, you really got clear around what your values were and like what your vision was. Like, you're like, I want more flexibility in my schedule. I want to be able to, to dedicate more time to working on the farm. So like you advocated for a way to make that work and then mm-hmm. you started doing it and then you realize, well, wait, one of my other, some of my other values are also being challenged now. Whereas like maybe in some cases you were starting to honor a little more of that autonomy. Like you had more time to work on the farm stuff, but then you had another value of like the community side where you felt mm-hmm. like, oh, that's really important to me, but it's also challenged in the way this is set up because I'm kind of like, not a part of the group anymore. Yeah. So it was like that tug, like you were like, well, I still miss that community part. And I know you've done a lot of work to create that in your farm mm-hmm. too. Yep. Yeah. And I guess I just wanted to, I, I felt almost as though like I kept asking for things that I wanted, um, but I didn't want to lose the integrity or the relationships that I had with my supervisors, yeah. for example, like it was kind of like, I'm getting to this point where I could ask for whatever I want. Like they, they wanted me on their team. You know, they, they bent to have me there. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, would have offered me more money. They would have offered actually to go down on my hours still, but it was just like, I want to be careful about how much I actually ask because it's starting to feel like, um, like nothing, nothing that they could offer me or no negotiation is really going to be what I want, which is like, okay, I'm ready to take this leap now. Oh, um, so good. I love that awareness that you have around it because I've seen that so much with people where the people I work with, like my clients are people that actually are the, like this loving kind of personality that like they're good employees and people love them. And usually when an employer finds out that they're leaving, the employer wants to do all the things to help them stay. And they're willing to, and I see this trend of like the clients will negotiate for certain things, but eventually they get to the point where it's like, no matter what they give me, I know in my heart that like, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's hard when you've built those relationships too. And you don't, you also have this part of yourself that doesn't want to disappoint people that you actually truly care about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I work through in other relationships too, is like people pleasing codependency. Like, am I making this decision for me or is it to preserve some of my relationships and not saying that I'm trying to burn any bridges, but, um, you know, I can't make everybody happy. And yeah, this, this decision to leave, I think some people took it really personally. Um, but that being said, I was very, very open pretty much the entire time. I mean, they knew why I went part-time. They knew that I had this other thing on the side and that I was trying to build that. And I think my honesty, um, made it easier in the sense that like, you know, I didn't just like up and leave and and take a job elsewhere. It's like this, it it was a decision for Kate to focus on, on her stuff. And I'm still involved in the school. I mean, I go up there like once a week and visit and have mentees. And I guess the part that I felt the most like, um, people pleasing or like that I felt responsible for is that I did actually start a garden there because I was like trying to find all these ways (laughs) to bring the farm 
to bring the farm to school. And yeah, um, so there is, there is a, there is a garden there that I help to maintain and we'll do some like camps and classes. And so if anything, you know, I have the farm going on now, but I've, I'm trying to get into finding other sources of income that can still come from the school, but that gives me the autonomy. So they've asked me to mentor the Spanish teacher for next year. She's coming from Ecuador. So she just like culturally, she hasn't taught this many kids before. So I will have a mentorship role with her. I'm hoping to do some like enrichment opportunities with the kids using the garden that we started there, but it'll just be way more flex time. Um, and, and still be able to work with the, the people there. So that's, that feels, that feels nice. Yes. It's like perfect example of you, like truly intentionally designing your life and your career, because you don't always have to burn. In fact, you never have to burn bridges and Mm -hmm. everything you built up, like was there to serve you. It's about you being intentional about designing in a way that can work well for you and them. Like, cause, cause the way that you think is also of a service mindset of like how they can also benefit too. Like it wasn't just all about you, but at the end of the day, it is your life. And you really do need to think about honoring your vision mm-hmm. and not being the person, as I always say on your deathbed, that's looking back with regrets. And you found a way where you're like, oh, this can work well for my vision and it aligns. It's so mm-hmm. cool to see how you did that. Yeah. I mean, I think when you start getting physical reactions of, you know, having to wake up and go to work, I mean, of course, there's going to yes. be days or weeks that are harder than others. I think you'll get that and whatever. But when I was like getting physical, you know, like pressure in my throat or, you know, almost sick to my stomach feeling or the Sunday scaries. Yeah. And I think that that's really important to pay attention to. Yeah, it is. It's a sign. And it's like, it's showing you that things are out of alignment and it doesn't always have to be like a bad, bad situation. It just could be like, you have this other vision that like is pulling your heart and it's like, okay, we got to like shift some things around and like intentionally design it in a way that serves you. And you can Mm -hmm. see from your story and so many other people that I've coached is that like, if you advocate for what it is you desire, after you get clear about what it is you want, like and you advocate for things to work out well for you, it's like you can create these opportunities for yourself that serve you just like you did. You shaped it. And actually people were more receptive to it than most people would think. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's like it. the alternative is, is like you just do what everybody else wants you to in the way that they want you to do it. And then you're the one like with regrets, you know, but now look at like all the amazing things that have come to be because you like truly lit, like you created a vision for yourself. And you were intentional about like following through and dealing with the discomfort along the way that shows up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it for us people with, I feel like this energy of we truly care about other people too. A lot of the work that we got to do is around like setting boundaries, um, being okay with letting other people feel disappointed in the mm-hmm. decisions that we make that can be really hard for us. Yeah. And I think recognizing your values, like why it feels so important to you, even if it's going to let somebody else down and make that, I don't want to say easier, but just, um, yeah, I guess ease the, the stress a little bit because you know, that ultimately you're, you're choosing it not to hurt them, but to, to benefit this honor. Yeah. Honor a value that you have. Yeah. And that's a, such a higher energy to think about it that way. And even when it comes to communicating to someone what it is that you want to do, I often coach people to say things around like this, this is really important, this value. I want to honor my value of family. I want to honor my value of whatever it is. We use that language a lot when it comes to negotiation, because it feels really good for us to say that. And when someone else is hearing it, it's like, they tend to receive it a lot better because they're like, I respect you for that. Mm -hmm. Like you have a value that you want to honor. So the energy is just so different around the situation when you look at it that way. Yeah. There's a tool that I use in a lot of my workspaces. It was something that, um, was that like a required reading for the apprenticeship that I did? It's called non nonviolent communication by Marshall Rosenberg. I want to say I've heard of that book and it's really good. And it's, it's one of those things that I think you can always come back to. It gives you a general structure, basically like what you're feeling is based on whether or not a need is being met. 
and you can make a request best based on that. So I would, I would use that with my students. You know, I would, I use that with my partner. We have the feeling inventory and the needs inventory on our refrigerator. And um, it's something that I think if anybody is wanting, to, like needing to have a more difficult conversation, uh, it gives you the vocabulary to navigate it and the structure to navigate Ooh, it a okay. little bit more. So you got to give me an example of what this would be. Okay. So um, just a very uh, random example. Um, say that you have a friend who always arrives late. Um, and maybe this, you know, yeah, it's happened multiple times. Maybe you get grumpy. Maybe you've said something da, 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 da. it's like kind of getting to that point where it's probably time to, to say something a little bit more firm. And so, um, whether it be after the fact or like you're at lunch or something, it's like, Hey, uh, I, you start with an observation. So I noticed or remember us deciding that we were going to meet at 1130, it is now 1205. Um, I feel frustrated or I feel annoyed or I feel disrespected um, because I have a, and this is like kind of clumsy, but I have a strong need for punctuality or um, my schedule is very important to me or something like that. So basically you feel frustrated because you're not getting a need a that need you have. That. And it's like on you, it's like, I, instead of like coming from the energy of like <clears throat> blaming, it's like, yes. this is important to yeah. me. I have a value around this. I have a yeah. need. Yeah. And so then, observation, feeling need. Mm-hmm. And then you make a request. So request. would you be willing to send me a text when you know that you're going to uh, arrive later than we decided? Or would you be willing to whatever, you know, whatever solution you think might aid that situation? Um, you could also just leave it open. Like, would you be willing to give me some feedback as to, you know, what's going on and why this seems to be a reoccurring pattern kind of thing? So, I mean, you could use that with uh, coworkers. Yes. Um, like there was a, a woman. As a leader, example, with your staff yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And with my partner a lot, you know, like just little random things that um, is very easy to get into that blame. Like, well, you said, or you did, yes. or blah, 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 blah. But it's based off of an observation that you had. So you can, they can see what you were experiencing and whether or not that need is met will influence how you're feeling. And so it just gives everybody more context. But the most helpful thing for me is the vocabulary, because you can just say like, this makes me feel bad, but you could obviously be sad or disgusted or angry or like actually pick the feeling word. Yeah. And then yeah. just clarifying why, why it's causing you to feel that way. Like, what are you getting or not getting? So anyway, that's a tidbit, but it's Ooh, like, good. it's a Love really, it. really helpful resource. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like picturing myself using that, you know, in my relationship, because I, I also noticed too, when, even if usually when I'm upset about something, it's usually because I'm sad about something. So it's actually mm -hmm. the feeling is like, instead of anger, it's actually more like this makes me sad, you mm -hmm. know? And I noticed that if I tell Ian something like I, how I perceived something or I felt sad, it's like and I actually communicate that he's much more like sweet about his response towards me because he's like, well, I don't want to make you feel sad. Right. I don't want to do something that makes you feel sad. So it's like, it's just such a different response. And when you're like, it's like, you're less reactive. Cause you're really, I just like the framework. Cause you know how I am about being strategic. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I love the fact that I could be like, okay, I noticed this thing I'm observing yeah. and then I'm going to bring my feeling need. And then my request. Yeah, I like totally. It. I mean, yeah, it's, and obviously you can loosen up with it as you get more, more comfortable, yeah. but I think it also just makes you more accountable for how you are feeling and for your communication, as opposed to just like launching into a accusation without fully developing your thoughts. It's kind of, it kind yes. of makes you feel more present and like, Hmm, like why is this bothering me so much? And maybe after you work through it, it's like, mm, well, that's silly. I kind of know why now I don't need to say anything or, you know, it's, yeah. So, yeah. I think it helps create accountability. That's been really definitely. Helpful. And you really dig into why is it a trigger for you? Because if we feel a certain way, it's like, it's always because 
like we're making up some story about it or it's it's still back on us, you know? So it's like, you're taking the responsibility for how you feel too. Cause you're like, this is why I feel this way is because I have a need for this. It just is in, like, it's that energy of responsibility over blaming. Mm-hmm. So, so good. I love that. <laughs> okay. So um, that was really helpful now. Okay. You, so you start this farm and you also like, what was it that, cause I know that there's so many of us that are dreamers and we have these, these dreams, but like the follow through piece of it, like you have this vision and then how do you follow through to make what has happened recently, which we're going to get to a reality for you and all these good things that have been happening. Like what has been really helpful for you to really bring that vision into reality? Mm-hmm. I, I guess I remember, um, when we were doing the commit to your vision program, the, the be act have recipe. And I thought a lot about what, okay, I'm a farmer. What, what does that look like? And one of the like most simple things, but that is pretty easy to overlook because I do have a lot of other things we all do. We all have a lot of other things going on and it's really easy for those to take up your schedule. Um, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, if I am a farmer, I need to be outside and like pretty regularly tending to my crops. I mean, that's like, Like that's what farmers do, right? It seems so simple, but especially I, you know, I think it was in the, um, you know, maybe January or February or something like that when we first started. So I wasn't as active outside as you, you know, maybe I am this time of year in the spring. Um, but anyway, through that, um, reflection through that tool, through that structure, I was like, okay, well, I need to make sure that I, um, dedicate almost daily time to, um, to being outside. And that, um, I guess was a little bit more of a shift for me because previously when I was at school, Wednesday afternoons, even if it was in that chunk from like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday afternoons was like my weed and Wednesday. Like I was outside and regardless of what I was doing, I didn't schedule anything after school on Wednesdays. I would go home and that was like my kind of bonus garden time. And once I left school, I, you know, I still thought of Wednesdays as like, that's my like all day outside kind of day, but it, it just needed for the scale I want to do, it needs to be more than once a day. And the thing is, is that, you know, I have all these things I want to sell and markets to coordinate and my finances and all of this stuff, but it's like, you still have to be sticking seeds in the ground and harvesting stuff and weeding things, you know? So in that too, I was like, well, maybe I need a weekly like field walk where I kind of get on the front end of my week or at the end of my week, I go around and see like all of my growing spaces, all of what I'm harvesting. Um, Like what are my priorities for the next week? So it was like, okay, I need to have regular time, but then I also need to have this kind of like overarching, just like sweep of a walk so that for Mm -hmm. the next week, I know what to work on. Um, So those are like two two practices that have kind of helped me to the the field walk and just like knowing that whenever I'm scheduling my week, I need to block off, you know, some solid chunks of time. And that's the other thing too. It's like when I go out and garden, I'm not in like the nicest of clothes. So there's like buffer time on that too. It's not like I can just go outside and get all dirty and sweaty and then immediately just like transition to something else. It's kind of like I got to be intentional about when those times are that you're doing that and then arranging yeah. your other things where maybe you have to be more presentable for exactly at the proper times. So yeah. you felt like when you did the be act have recipe, it really gave you clarity around who you actually need to be like the habits that you needed to develop to actually bring that vision into reality. And mm-hmm. then it helped you also then figure out how to be more intentional with your time because you like had the space to really sit down and think about what does it actually take to create the results that I want? Yeah. Yeah. What do I need? What do I need to do to, to be this identity that I'm now slowly, but surely like, you know, believing in, in myself. 
So. Like you can say it now and feel not feel fraudy. Whereas like, do you remember the time in your life where you would like, you would try to say it and it would just be like, oh, like mm-hmm. you just, you know? Well, and, and I, yeah. And I think the other thing is too, like even tax wise, like, so I do, I have an accountant with the farm and um, which was another thing. It's like, you know, delegating what, which of these things can I actually do myself and which yeah. of these things is it just easier to <laughs> to pay somebody else to do. And that's something that I'm just like, not a passion of mine. I mean, I can set up an Excel sheet, but it's really nice to have that person on hand. And so for the last couple of years, because we've had external income, we, you know, there's like the three out of the five year rule where, um, you can claim a loss for those three years. But now that this is like my gig, um, tax wise, like I don't necessarily need to like this, this is it. Like the IRS is seeing that I'm not getting that much income from anywhere else. And so even if it's like talking to my accountant and he's helped me kind of shift that identity too, because it's like, no, this, this is what you're doing, you know? So it's like, I feel like because no, I'm not like, I'm trying to make money from this and, you know, make our business last. So I do need to call myself a farmer because this is what, you know, this is yeah. what I'm doing. And my accountant knows that now too. <laughs> yeah. And you have like, like, like an, an actual established farmer would have their accountant. They would have yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, even in the recipe too, it's like those kinds of things. It's like someone that is successful at farming that makes it their full-time income has this kind of person. It's mm-hmm. like, you're following those same habits. And then at first it can feel like, this vision that we have, you can feel fraudy around it. That's normal. You're stepping into a new space. But then once you start developing the habits and the actions and the environment of that kind of person, your your brain starts to see evidence of you becoming that person. And then you just start to become more of that person and it becomes mm-hmm. the norm. It's like that training piece that happens. Mm-hmm. And what I love about you being in the program, one, you're like dream student in the program, hands down, because <laughs> you do all of the things that you are told to do. And I feel like you've really adopted like theming out your days, which is something I often mm-hmm. recommend. So tell us a little bit about like, what are some of the themed out days that you have? Yeah, I, well, I, I think I copied you to begin with, with finance Friday and that's still a practice that I have. So every Friday morning, you know, I'll dedicate an hour or two to just reviewing finances or anything. Like if I need to cash a check or anything like that, I kind of just save it till Friday. Um, I use Google calendar and, um, I do have a physical agenda book too, but Google Calendar has been really fun to kind of play Email. with and, and polish. And so what I do is I I do theme out days. Um, so Finance Friday is the big one. And then um, Chris and I try to have some sort of like weekly check-in, both for us personally, you know, and just say like, hey, what you got going on this week? But there are things on the farm that he is like, that's his specialty in terms of irrigation or machinery. And so it's kind of like, all right, what days can I count on you to do this? Or if there's a project that both of us need to do. So we try to do that like Sunday night or Monday morning. Um, But in terms of themes, I also, I use the colors on Google calendar so that I can see throughout the day or the week, what I'm working on. So I have like a farm, like an outside color and I have a farm admin color. They're both green. One's dark green, (laughs) my admin one's light. So I can kind of look at, look at my week and I can right there, see my blocks of how many hours I'm planning to be outside this week. And if I, if I, if I don't see like several big dark green blocks on my calendar, I know I need to shift some things to around, to around. So it's like, it's just an easy visual to look at and be like, how am I, you know, using my time, anything that has to do with, um, income generation, because I teach yoga, I, um, you know, was doing some work with the school. That's, I do some contracting work. I do the color blue. So I like to make sure I have blue, my finance Friday is also blue. So I need to make sure that I have like several blue chunks on my calendar because that's where my income is coming from. I mean, I pay myself 
I have just started paying myself and from the farm. I've gotten two paychecks. Yes. Okay. So you need to talk about, okay. Like this is uh, so many of the practices that like you're doing, like I love so much and I love learning from you because I'm like, yeah, like even taking it to the level of like the colors and like, cause I know like even right now with my calendar, I feel like I can be even more intentional about color coding the kinds of activities. Cause I was mm-hmm. doing it like if it took my one-on-one time, then it's like a blue color. Mm -hmm. And then like vacations were like a yellow, but I feel like I want to take it to the next level of like, if it's a money generating thing, because that's another thing. If I'm trying to create more passive income, then maybe I need to be looking for more of like the green blocks Mm -hmm. on the calendar or whatever color I choose to do. And I love this, the fact that like, what you're hearing from our conversation for listening to the show is that like this level of intentionality around like it started with a vision and then you got clear around who you needed to be and the actions and the habits. And like, that's what helped you get intentional about your time. Mm-hmm. It's like all the stuff in between. And then it led to, cause I remember one of the things that was really important to you is like, well, now that you shifted into this being your full-time thing, like you're like finances, like I need to make sure that I have the income obviously to live and to grow this farm, all of mm-hmm. that. So then you thought about like who, who you needed to be to like create those sources of income, which is how you have all these different various sources of income. And you went after a certain opportunity <laughs> So please tell us about that because sure. I'll tell you that I do want to say one thing about the calendar is one other benefit of having those blocks on your calendar is I use the space on Google calendars to say I have that huge time block of like, you know, three or four hours or whatever outside in that event on Google calendar, I put what I'm going to work on. And then that way, when I go back to like, you know, review my week and go through and see, I can either like copy that same event if I didn't get to everything or I'll like edit it. So it just, that's kind of like where I put what I'm going to do like that. so that if something comes to me in the week and I already see like a block of time that I've dedicated, I can just put it in there because I, I know I need to work on it and that's what I'm going to do it. So it's like a moving brain dump, like a mobile brain dump that you can yeah, do. Yeah, I really love that because I feel like I have like my different things that I'm using, but I like the fact that you really take it to the next level where it's like in the calendar, you're actually saying what you worked on and mm-hmm. then you like hold yourself accountable to going back and like checking, like, did you work on it that time or did you need to move something else around? Mm-hmm. And you're just always in there and always noticing what's happening. Yeah. I feel like that's really what it's about. And I think even for my own life, I need to take it to that next level of really being in the cat and then also just tracking what you're doing with your time. Yeah. Like so many of us say we don't have the time, but it's like, if you actually looked at how you're spending your time, it's Mm -hmm. probably not, you're probably not as busy as you think you are. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Sunday mornings are my fave. I won't set an alarm or anything. And then I'll just, you know, grab my coffee and sit in bed for, I mean, we don't have kids, so that's easy on that end, but I'll just sit there for kind of hours and that's where the week gets planned and all of oh, the I things. And it. It's not, it doesn't always go as planned, but as you know, as you say, um, yeah, you're intentional, intentional but you're unattached, but, unattached. <laughs> but at least you're intentional. And that's the thing is like, uh, I, I feel like this desire to get back into my routines. I feel like they've been kind of jacked up, which you can always go back, mm-hmm. but it's like hearing these stories, like it inspires you because I always looked forward to like, my, um, I was for a while I did Saturday mornings and then I did like soulful Saturday, soulful Mm -hmm. Sunday. Like I picked these different themes depending on what was happening, but like looking forward to that, those moments of like resting and not feeling like you're rushing. And then you can be intentional about planning the next week. It's like, you just, you got to like secure those spots in your calendar for yourself. Mm -hmm. Cause like you have to plan also to be intentional like mm-hmm. set a block to be intentional. And a lot yep. of us like aren't doing that. And we, it's like, no wonder why we feel so overwhelmed because so many things are coming at us. And if we're not clear about like the vision that we want to take our lives, like you can't be intentional with your time period. And like, if you're not actually taking the time to have that vision, it's just gonna, it's gonna, everything's gonna feel like a priority mm-hmm. and everybody's stuff is gonna feel 
like a priority. Yeah. It's like you always got to be evaluating. And also too, you might find that for a season, something really works out well for your life and it is in alignment with your vision, but then maybe your vision changes yeah. or, you know, other things happen and then you got to adjust things. But if you're not constantly in there and evaluating and being intentional, then you are just reacting to life. Yeah. Well, and that definitely changes too on the seasons here. I'm like, you know, I might put like 12 PM to 4 PM on my calendar and then it's 90 something degrees outside. And, yes. like, Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you're lot. like, okay, I'm going to adjust this. And that's yeah. the thing with like being intentional about your time. Like in, you know, commit to your vision, we do our focus box and stuff, but it's like, this is just like a draft you're practicing. Cause you might find like, this is not a good idea given the temperature right now, or, but that's good. Like you can shift things as you need to, or maybe in your busy season or kids have practices or whatever for this chunk, but then go in and change mm-hmm. it and update yeah. it. I'll see. Yeah. I think, th- I think if people are willing to, you know, buy yourself a hotel room or something like for a night or get a sitter or something like that and really take, I mean, when I first sat down and did some of the, um, you know, be active or your identity-based goals, like all of those things, it took, you know, it takes some hours. It, it takes a long time, yes. but it it's, it's like cleaning your house, right? It's like, if you do 15 minutes or an hour or something like that, every single week, it's going to be just like a lot more streamlined. And Mm -hmm. then you have like your deep cleans, you know, every couple of months or something like that, where you're like, all right, let's really check in and evaluate and something like that. But if you make it regular, um, it feels, I, I mean, I really look forward to it. That's like, pretty sacred me time. Too. So I, even with I, the finances, like, mm-hmm. you know, like for me, when I got like initially that first, and it's going to happen again, since I've fallen off the wagon, I'm getting back out of it. <laughs> um, where like, I had to spend like hours getting it set up, like yeah. my financial thing and like doing that. But then if I kept on it, it would be so easy. Like doesn't take long at all. Like on a yeah. Friday, same thing with like, now that I have practices where like my house, I feel like my house is clean most of the time. Like I have a pretty clean house because I am there's regular practices around like how I tidy up the house. And Mm -hmm. I know that even sometimes people will argue, well, like, you don't have kids, you don't know. I'm like, I can tell you, like when I have kids, I promise you my house will still be clean because (laughs) of the fact I know kids will still make their messes and stuff like that, but it'll be, it'll be all intentional about like where they're playing and doing the things because I have like systems in place, habits Mm -hmm. I developed where I keep up with everything. So when I actually do deep clean, it doesn't take that long because I'm always keeping up with it. Like I have my tidy Tuesday chunk block of time. And that's how we like overcome. I feel like this overwhelm that a lot of us feel is like, you got to create these intentional systems for yourself around who you want to be. Otherwise life just happens to you. Mm -hmm. And you feel like you're just like, you know, in the water, like trying to stay above water, all these things are getting thrown at you and things aren't intentional. You feel like everything's important when everything is not important. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to take the time to be like intentional about that vision. So you did. And then, okay. Tell us about what happened when it came to the finances and what you went after recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we submitted our business plan to a pitch competition, which is actually the third, the third one that we've done. Um, and that, you know, is kind of its own way of being intentional. I've now had this business plan since like 2019 or something like that. And every time that I've submitted one, it's actually been really fun to go back and up update it because things have, have progressed. Some of them are different. And, you know, what I put originally, I was you know, I've, I've changed, but there are some accomplishments that I've put in there too. So, um, most recently we submitted one and, um, it was for $25,000 and, um, you don't have to ask for that full amount, but I was like, why would you not? And so, um, (laughs) so you needed to, um, send an art, you know, application, your, um, pitch, excuse me, your application and then your business plan. And then you were invited, um, to pitch. And I think there were probably 30 something farms all within agribusinesses, all within South Carolina. And we were one of about 12, um, to be able to pitch. And, um, the pitch was actually done via video. So we prepared a five minute video, but we could, um, 
you know, provide a little introduction as well. And so this was just at the beginning of June and a week later, we found out that we got what we asked for. So I love it. I know it's, it's pretty exciting. I feel like, um, still a little, you know, check has not come in the mail yet, so to speak, that'll be another celebration. But, um, I think a lot of preparation in that was like preparing to hold $25,000. Like, what does it feel like to, to mm-hmm. do that? And, and I think a lot of it is like, yeah, I feel, I feel worthy of accepting this money. I've stewarded other money before. And um, so, yeah, we're really excited to see how that propels our, our business forward. And you It'll- just kept going after it, Kate, like, as far as, like you said, this was the third time that you had done this. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like you were so much more energetically equipped to handle that 25,000 now being who you are now compared to previous versions of yourself? Yeah. I mean, I think I had way more to show for, which is something I think that also when you, you know, like all of the um, asks that I was making at work, for example, I had showed them the results of me working there. And in this last pitch, the other two pitches were for $5,000, which we were able to get. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's five times the amount. So it's like, you kind of have to demonstrate that much more, um, energy and accomplishment. And, um, yeah, so I guess just working our tails off. (laughs) more confident too, like in what, and I feel like energetically, like that comes into like alignment where it's like, now you're ready to like, at that level, like all the things you've worked on, even the systems that you built, all that stuff. It's like, to this point, you're ready to receive. It's like, you're on that, as I would say, my woo self, you're on that channel now Mm -hmm. to receive that. Mm -hmm. And I think like a lot of us, if we are going after things and it's like, not getting to the level of what we might want at that time. Cause I'm sure old self would have been like, yeah, give me 25 now. Like I'd prefer that now, but it's like you, like it's, there's a process even in our evolution around, like, I think about things I haven't officially gained yet, but I know that like, I'm in that training to receive that. And everything that's happening right now is serving me to help set it up so I can handle the bigger level of abundance that comes my way. Um, it's just like how I see it. And I I just feel like we just all got to keep like doing the work and like trusting the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't intentional action. I don't know what I would have. I mean, I'm sure I would have come up with something, but even at that time to think that big for such a small business, it would have been like, all right, well, like, how are we going to, like almost like how are we going to spend $25,000 again? I'm sure we would have come up with something, but it felt more almost appropriate at this time to ask for that because we had got these other incremental things and we were ready to buy something with a bigger price tag. So we're going to try to put in a building with a farm stand and all that stuff. So yeah. Oh, cool. Big things. (laughs) Awesome. So, okay. So for those, like we talked a little bit about commit to your vision and I feel like you're just such a good example of like actually applying the practices, like, and now you can see evidence of like this, your true vision, like truly coming to be reality for those that are like, what the heck is commit to your vision? Or like, should I even do that? Like, who would you recommend to do that kind of program? Mm -hmm. I think that if you, um, well, definitely are a self-starter. Um, if you are motivated and have some big ideas and maybe have put them down on paper or not yet, but you can kind of feel that happening. Um, I think anybody who wants to take radical responsibility for the way that their life is going, uh, you should, yeah, should join. I mean, I think it's also just, it's really fun to see how other people, you know, design and and organize their life. I mean, I think that we all got little tidbits from each other in this, Mm -hmm. in this last um, program. It's fun to be around other people who feel jazzed up about making progress and their personal growth. I mean, that's definitely a, a value of mine is I've always, you know, wanted to take a course or go to a class and just like learn Um, but this program really offers a place 
for people to digest it too. It's like to actually put into action. It's not just like, you know, all of this information, good luck with it, you know, kind of thing. It's like more of, more of like a workshop, um, place and you're in community with other people who are interested in doing that too. But it's, you know, I, I see it as a pretty big investment in yourself. And I think that if you, you know, want to commit to that, then do yourself, do yourself justice and, and do the, the exercises that were given, like really think about, okay, how, you know, and maybe it'd be helpful at some point to give people a time estimate in terms of like how much they can expect to cut, you know, to do this every yeah. week. But I would say I, you know, the meetings were two hours or so a week. And then on top of that, I would commit another at least one or two hours a week to, to kind of doing the homework or thinking in addition to all of the, like, you know, morning routine, you know, all the other things stuff that, that you, that you just kind of want to start incorporating. So, yeah, I mean, I would say a solid five hours a week in terms of like a commitment. And I think that if you are really motivated, as I said, and willing to take radical responsibility for the success and joy and, and pleasure that you feel in the work and life that you're living, then hell yeah. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Because I got the chills when you said radical responsibility, because that's really what it's about. And it's, it's for those that you really like, maybe there's something in your heart that you're thinking about, but you feel like you really want to follow through and you want to truly be that person and you want to develop the habits that you need. And you want to be intentional with your time as it relates to your vision. Like that is something that's really going to help you, but you have to show up and do the work. Like Mm -hmm. there is work involved. And if you go like on the site, now we have a whole commit to your vision description of what that is at angebarnard.com. And you can see like commonly asked questions, the amount of time that you think it's going to require. And that's the thing is like, we want people in the group that are going to do the work because your energy does impact other people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, when you see that someone else and we hold you accountable, you know, you're giving your progress each week of what you're doing, which I know that that really helps me when I know I'm going to be presenting mm-hmm. my progress mm-hmm. to someone else. Um, but it's like, you pick up on that energy and when you see someone going after it, it's so inspiring. It's just like, even hearing you talk right now, I'm like, I'm so inspired and like jazzed up where I'm like, yes, Friday, it's Friday. Like, let's go pitch <laughs> all go. the things and go after it. And it's like, it's so fun to see. It's like, I'm just so proud of you. Like taking, cause I remember you just at the beginning stages when you're still teaching and you were like, I have this desire in my heart and stream. And you were like figuring it out and you took all these steps. And now I look at you and I'm like, you're just so intentional with your time. And it's like, you're seeing the rewards of all of this coming to be. It's just really cool to see. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's it's crazy to even think about how things change because I remember meeting you in 2018 or 2019, which is kind of funny <laughs> in this so whole time, that, time timeline of things. It's like, I went to a visioning workshop with you and at that point I was like, no, I just like looking through magazines and seeing, you know, and it wasn't as intentional back then though. It wasn't yeah. that's, I mean, that's where I started. Yeah. But I mean, I was just like, I didn't know about the mind. I didn't yeah. know. I just did like the typical, like that's how, so for y'all listening, it's like Kate went to a workshop, like back in the day when I used to teach visioning around magazines, just like everybody else did, there wasn't that level of intentionality around it. It was like, let's find photos that make you feel good. Right. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, no, let's get really clear around what your vision is. Mm-hmm. Who do you need to be? How do you need to train your mind? Like it's a whole, mm-hmm. your identity statements, like your own little mantras for yourself that train your brain. Like we just bring it to a whole another crazy mm-hmm. level. And you've yeah. been a part of that whole evolution. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think, I think there's value in that too. I'm sure there's some like subconscious, like, oh, this is, oh, fun. I bet. Yeah. And even one of mine, I think it was one maybe that I did by myself, but like I cut out this image of a dog, like that you could not even see the face, but you could see the tail. And it had like a, like a beagle ended tail where there's like a, you know, brown or black tail with a white tip. We have a dog like that now, you know, it's See, like, there's so many stories the, like that. Yeah. Weird things like that. So, you know, there, I think there's still some value in it, but I think it's that much more powerful when you're like, no, I'm putting this picture on, on my board because I went out and got it. Like, I think it's that same energy as opposed to just, yes. oh, I'm waiting 
waiting for what I like versus no, I know what I want and I'm going to find that and I'm going to put it down there and then I'm going to actually get it, you know, like yes. I think it's just that, like that power in, um, you're like directing the energy specifically. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's like so much happened. I feel like faster and just more like just things seem to align better when you're that much more intentional about it. I still feel like the other stuff like still helps you. Like subconsciously, mm-hmm. you're probably training your brain. You're probably seeing that dog that you didn't even realize that you forgot mm-hmm. you put a picture like that up and it's like helping you pick that dog or whatever it is. But when you take it to that level of intense, super intentional and the exact kind of picture that you're going for, that's a whole different thing. I'll say one more thing about that, which is pretty funny, is that I was looking through my business plan. And the first one I, yeah, it was like 2018, 2019. And I had this random section in there that was just like, because I was new to South Carolina too, at the time I had gone to Clemson, but I hadn't been in this space in a while. And I wasn't super familiar with, with people in food and, you know, those yeah. kinds of systems. And so I just had a list of resources of like organizations or people who I, you know, wanted to surround myself with. And, um, like, or get to know or follow or, you know, all of the things I put on there, this, um, this woman, her business, I knew that she was involved with food systems, like on a statewide level. And I was just like, I really like what she's doing. I like the spaces, spaces that she seems to be involved with like that. That's somebody who I could see myself being in like 10 or 15 years kind of thing. But I put her name down. I was looking back through this business plan the other day and saw her name there. I work with her now. I am a consultant with her now. So it's like I I, I met her in person in October of this past year. And I told her, I was like, I want to work with you. You know, I'm going to be leaving my job at this school. Like, you know, let me know. And so I just saw, you know, that. I had listed her in my business plan years ago and she doesn't do anything necessarily with the farm per se, but it's another source of income that I have. And it's still all related to food, food and farming, the work that I do with her. So it's like you planted the seed. It, it, yeah, the seeds, the seeds get planted and it's really fun to come across a lot of these things, which I think is another fun thing about, you know, your programs and the tools that you provide is like, kind of like a journal in the sense that you can come back to it and be like, oh, cute little Kate, you know, like yeah. five years ago, the thoughts that she had. And and maybe it's good to throw those out sometimes too and not hold on to stuff that, you know, you wish had been different or otherwise. But I think it can be powerful to go back and be like, oh yeah, I really wanted to do this. Like, look at the work that I did for myself then, what the B Act have, you know, it's that I try to revisit that like every month or so to be like, what on this list am I not doing now that would probably be good for me to add in or what's on my schedule that I'm doing that I need to take out because it's not on this list. So yeah, the same thing with me. It's so helpful. I go back and look at mine, like on a monthly basis to see and check and like, okay, am I becoming that person? What else is like, oh, I haven't added these actions or these habits, or maybe I need to focus on this more at this set time, you know, like it just helps you be so much more intentional. And I don't feel like there's a lot out there that really, there's a lot that will teach you, I guess, you know, how to like, you get clear and like, this is your vision, but like the actual, like habits and the training of your mind piece that a lot of us like, and there's a lot of strategies out there, but when it comes to like training your mind and developing those Mm -hmm. habits and creating that system for yourself, I feel like that is missing. in a lot of things out there, like people will tell you all the strategies to do the thing, but you know what I mean? That other Mm -hmm. deeper piece around training your mind and your subconscious and that kind of stuff that I feel like I, I just know that that wasn't out there for me. And that, mm-hmm. that's why I wanted to create this program where I was like, I really want to target how our minds work. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's, like the, it's the how, but not the results. I don't know if that makes, yes, you know, like a lot of the time it's it. like, you know, a lot of people will say, don't worry about the how, like it's going to work out when you keep doing the work, you know, it might, but it it is the how it's like, or maybe it's the what, it's like what you do to produce the how. Yeah. It's like the, like the, who do you need to be Mm -hmm. piece? Like that part that is 
like you have to be intentional about bringing in those ingredients to have that final product, Mm -hmm. you know, like whatever you're trying to create. And it's like that ingredients gathering piece it's like, that's a lot of stuff that people are missing. Like they get clear around what they want and they know why they want it and the results they want to create, but that middle piece. Mm-hmm. And we take, we are so intentional about it. Okay. So thanks so much for sharing all of this. It's so good. Um, all right. So what do you feel? I want, I have two more questions for you. One is what are you most proud of yourself for like this past year? Oh, I suppose just, yeah, listening to my, listening to my heart and, um, you know, making a big jump like that is never easy in the sense that, you know, when, especially when you get to the practical things, it's like, wow, I'm losing quote unquote, all this income or, you know, my health insurance, you know, things like that, the stability that I was used to. And, yet I'm seeing the, the fruits of my labor and my heart is so much. Truly. I I don't. Yeah. And I think, you know, like, of course it's like, we need to, or we're told to anyway, that we need to worry about the practical things and, you know, putting food on the table. And again, I don't have kids, so I'm not nearly as, you know, stressed or in the thick of it as maybe some other people, but you know, bills are real. And, um, I'm proud to be, yeah, be seeing my dreams through and choosing things that make my heart happy. I don't, I think that's priceless. Definitely. I would say that hands down, it's priceless. So thinking about the things that you invest in to get you to that point, like what, like, so that you can truly enjoy your life. Like that is essential for all of us. I'm willing to pay whatever it takes to do that. I I mean, I told my boss, I was like, I'm so sorry, but there is nothing that you could pay me to take away this like beautiful time I have in the morning where I'm not like frantically rushing around. And, um, like the, the peace that I have in the morning right now, when I wake up and I get to decide how to spend my day or right now, for example, it's raining outside. So I'm going to need to shift around my schedule, but I know there's still things. I mean, that just like freedom and peace that I have is, um, it's, it's a gift and it's the one that I've cultivated, but it's, it's, um, I hope every, everybody deserves that. Everybody deserves that. And I hope that, yeah, doing these practices, I think can help more people to find that. Oh, I love it. Yes. Priceless. So what's coming up that you're excited about and tell us where we can find you. Okay. I, the best place to follow us on the farm is on Instagram. Uh, our page is called greatville, G-R-A-T-E-V-I-L-L-E underscore acres. And, um, there's a link there too, for our link tree and, um, I send out a newsletter and things of that nature. So anybody interested in in food or farming or seasonal living um, can can find us there. I also um, I do host online seasonal gatherings with a friend um, called Virituals, um, like virtual rituals, and um, we just had one for the solstice because Wednesday the twenty first is the longest day of the year. So we made um, yummy syrups, like homemade herbal syrups, which was really fun. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Um, you know, put it into sparkling water or a mocktail or cocktail, which is really fun. Um, but we'll do one again in the fall. I can't, I don't have the date on top of my head, but it'll be before the, um, fall equinox equinox, which is in September. So, um, if that is of interest, like seasonal living and herbalism, um, then that's at song and yarrow, um, S O N G and yarrow, Y A R R O W on Instagram. Okay. Awesome. I'll put all of those details in the show notes so we can follow. All right. There you have it. That was Kate with her amazing grounding energy and her intentionality that I love so much. If you like this episode, let her know. You can find her again on Instagram at Grateville underscore acres. All the details in the show notes. And speaking of that, if you're looking for a fun event to attend, 
which I highly recommend getting into these spaces where you get to be around people that have the kind of energy of like they want to do amazing things in the world. I feel like that's so important to be in those kinds of spaces. Well, anywho, Keisha's event, I highly recommend Empower Her Live. It's happening in the fall in Denver, September. Um, Check out all the details at the link that's in their show notes. I have a code for you so you get $50 off, all caps, Angela. I'm going to be there. Some of my past clients are going to be there. We're going to be going to the event all day, listening to the amazing speakers. And then we're going to do dinner together. We're just going to have a lot of fun. So if you want to come out, hang out with us, even if you're coming by yourself, come. You know, we'll all be together. So you won't be by yourself. And also, I have an event that I'm hosting with some other coaches at it. Can I speak? Yes, I can. Let me look at the dates. October 20th weekend. Um, that whole entire weekend, it's going to be in Indiana. It's Shipshawana, Indiana. If you are not familiar with this area, in a nutshell, a lot of people come to this area because it is a big Amish community. There's a lot of like tourism around that in the sense like it's so cool. It feels like you're like stepping back in time and there's a sense of peacefulness there in rural Indiana. I'm telling you, it is really cool. I love it. I was there riding bikes a couple weekends ago with some people from Chicago. A lot of people had came out from the city and they're like, this just feels so peaceful here. I'm like, I know, like it's amazing. So that's where we're going to be hosting our event. It is at cost. What does that mean? It means that the other coaches and me make no money from it. Zero money. In fact, we're pouring money into the event. Um, And then so it's very affordable, in my opinion, considering I attend lots of events. And for what this one is, it's going to be really fun. There's speakers all day that we plan. There'll be fun dancing. There'll be workouts. I'll be one of the speakers. In a nutshell, it's going to be a blast and it's limited to 150 people. And I feel like most of the spots are already sold out. So that's something you want to be a part of. Definitely reach out. Let me know. You can email me at ange at angebarnard.com and I can give you any details about anything you're curious about. Holla. All right. Have an amazing day. Leave us a review if you haven't done so. I know it takes your time, but it's so helpful helps people find the show or share this with someone that you feel like needs this message. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.